Well, it's a big show. The Big Show with Sean Adams and Aaron Hogan. Presented by Budweiser. The Big Show on Tuesday, and of course on Tuesday at 6 o'clock, the guys from Roster Watch jump in with us. Byron, how are you, sir? Doing quite well, my man. What's up, Alex? Sean Adams. How are you, sir? And of course, Aaron Hogan is still here. Hi, Sean. Rosterwatch.com. And obviously, Rosterwatch is here. Obviously, our hearts and, and, and minds and prayers are still going out to the folks in Boston as uh, the FBI and state and local and federal officials are, are doing their investigation. We'll always keep you updated uh, on anything going on. Um, we, Aaron, were on the air yesterday while uh, kind of while it was going on and um, when the reports were coming down. So we've, uh, we talked about it a lot yesterday, talked about it a little bit today. Uh, so that's on our mind, even though we're talking sports. And uh, we can't shake free from that. Guys, uh, a lot of football out there. Broadcasting icon Pat Summerall has died at 82 today. What a legendary voice, Pat Summerall. Uh, did games with John Madden for decades. Uh, also, the NFL will release its schedule on Thursday, so that'll be a fun day to get the... Uh, only the NFL can make a big uh, primetime special out of announcing their schedule, but we love football, so anything football is good. And then the following Thursday is the NFL Draft. So as we sit here today and we're watching John Gruden grill Matt Barkley on Gruden's TV show, how is the top ten shaking up, shaking out at this point? What are we looking at? I keep I read Peter King's column this week. He says it's the most you know unpredictable first round we've seen maybe ever. Mike Mayock agrees. It's really a beauty is in the eye of the beholder. There are no can't-miss guys or pencil this guy in here, top-end quarterbacks. So how are we shaking right now? Kansas City has the one pick. Uh, Texans are sitting in the back end of the first round. Cowboys are at 18. What are the storylines we're watching? Well, I, I think one of the key storylines that everybody's going to want to watch is, uh, you know, I think that Peter King, I didn't I didn't read the – I'm assuming it was in the Monday morning quarterback. That's correct. Column, and I, but I didn't get a chance to read it yet. But, you know – what we've seen, what we've heard from scouts through this entire process is that, you know, in this draft, and there's just a whole lot of really good players. Up until about pick 25 or so, there's a little bit of a drop-off after that, but different teams are going to covet different players, and they're going to be placing much different values than other teams are on these players. I think it's going to cause a lot of trading, or at least a lot of talks about trading. I'm sure that these talks started at the league meetings uh, prob- probably three weeks to a month ago. And, you know, that's going to continue. The smoke signals that we're getting are all over the place. It's just, I-, I feel like it's going to be a really exciting draft to watch, even in the absence of a lot of marquee names, marquee quarterbacks, just simply because we're going to, I think we're going to see some, some action with some trades, pe- you know, people making moves. I, I believe that the key event uh, that could begin to shape the draft in the top ten uh, as we get a little bit closer, is if right before the draft, Kansas City is able to unload Brandon Albert and trade him their 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 left tackle that they've currently franchised to, you know, to they're a little bit of a tenuous situation. They don't right want to let him hold them hostage. Exactly, and 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 they'd like to pick up a some draft picks for him. You know, maybe Recoup get that, that Alex second Smith the Alex Smith one exactly. And I think it makes it a lot easier to. It's very hard right now for them if they're going to keep Albert to. Take Joke will take Fisher, another offensive tackle, even though it might be the best player there. It's a sound strategy, but you know it's tough to do. So I think they'd rather move Albert. I think then that dictates exactly what the Chiefs are going to do at that point. Um, I think it also gives some clarity there in those first three or four picks. 
Uh, and and I, I think what we're going to see this year is because it is a deep draft, I don't think teams are going to be content with the players that are going to fall to them. So I don't think you're going to see any really very many big trades, but I think you'll see a lot of teams that, want that trade. if there's a guy, well, there's a lot of people that want to trade back, but I think there'll be a lot of teams in a position that if they see a guy that they really have a hankering for kind of sliding within a, a tier or a range of that first round, I think you'll see a team move up a couple of spots to go grab that guy. Sean, did you hear that? Byron just said hankering. Hankering. That is a, I got that a, is a southern fisherman's term it for. I got three bass in the boat this weekend, fellas. <laughs> See? And he still didn't call me. He's, He's got a hankering. Yet. That's like an itch. <laughs> Something like that. A feeling. Well, uh, let's. Intuition. Here's some. And the Peter King Monday morning quarterback saying it's tough to predict, and he talked to Mike Mayock. And, and, and look, Peter King calls all these these insiders. He calls people with each team. He's got people he's talking to. But are they giving him good information or not is the question. Uh, and everybody is kind of in the same boat that there are guys they like, and they hope that the guy they, that is there when they pick is theirs, is what you're saying. Um, but it makes it really difficult because there's not a lot of difference between the fifth, the guy that's sixth on your board, and the guy that's 26th on your board. They're, they're similar players across the board. I read today, Brian Broaddus, our friend with uh, DallasCowboys.com, tweeted that the Cowboys have 16 players with first round grades. That's all. That 16 or 17 players are in the first-round grade. And there are 32 first-round picks, so there are going to be guys picked in the first round that some people will have a second-round grade on. Well, let's hope that that does not mean the Cowboys try to trade up in the first round to make sure they get one of those 16 guys, because that would be a ridiculous Jerry Jones strategy that would almost certainly backfire in the future. It would, it would, or it trade would, back, which it would you know give, has always worked well for Jerry. It would, it would give Norm Hitchcock a heart attack. You know, and let me tell you, boy, <laughs> that interview sure was funny last week. I went back and listened to that one. There's dead bodies. Those guys can't block dead bodies. Four criminals on the offensive line. But, you know, I'll tell you, Aaron, the other, the other I think, Keys to the way the draft goes. I think Dion Jordan, the outside linebacker out of Oregon, athletic freak, uh, you know, very versatile player. I think he, whichever team decides they're going to take on that developmental project, and it's probably going to be earlier than later, <laughs> is going to have a big effect. And then obviously, which team, you know, there's five, six teams that are desperate for the quarterback of a future. Which team is going to have a front office that says, hey, we're making a business decision? And we're going after Geno Smith, whether we have him as a top 10 guy or not. So that, that'll be an interesting situation to watch on. Well, know, it isn't, isn't another thing that, that makes the first certainly 10, 12 picks, Sean and guys, difficult is there are so many new GMs and coaches in place, uh, including in Philadelphia, where you have, you know, no one's sure what type of player um, that the former Oregon coach um, Chip Kelly. No, Chip nobody looking nobody for. know where he's going. I mean, you got you got new folks running. He says he wants to get bigger on defense. Right, There's one thing he's come out and, and said. So, but it, and I know right. that's the one thing that wasn't his main focus at Oregon. Right. Well, you have, and you got to try to win different than he did in the Pac-12. He was trying to spread people out, and that's where people think that they, that Chip Kelly's going to come in and try to run the same thing. Chip Kelly went to Oregon and said, "Okay, what's the best way I can win with the talent I can get? With the talent I can get. So let's spread people out." Let's go f- tempo. Let's go fast. He's going to get to Philadelphia and say, "Okay, what's the best way to win in the NFL? How do you do it? Big people on the interior. Uh, you got to, you know, you don't reinvent the wheel." But I think he's going to come to the. But but I guess the point is, you're not sure what he's going to do because he hasn't been through a draft before. David Caldwell in Jacksonville, the new general manager. Reggie McKenzie in Oakland is new to that post over the last couple of years. Um, well, you know, Cleveland has a new war room completely. Arizona has a new war room. Buffalo. These are all teams with new GMs, new coaches. 
that that this is their first good rodeo. These are all in the top ten, so it makes the top ten really hard to predict. Well, and it was it, it's interesting that you, that you bring up Dave Caldwell of, of the the new GM of the Jaguars. They have the second pick. He's he they have the second pick, and he was one. You know, this new crop of GMs, for one, I really like a lot of these guys. I like I I like uh, I like I really like Gettleman. Uh, I really like. Um, I really like Dave Caldwell, and and I really like Steve Kime out out there in Arizona. And I, you know, a lot of what these guys are preaching is this mantra of best player available. What the Jaguars are not going to do is Dave Caldwell told us whenever everybody else was stating a best player available strategy, Dave Caldwell told us that they would be employing a needs based strategy. And so it's you know it's fairly easy that you know when you look. At what the needs are in in Jacksonville, I know what their needs are. They need Blaine Gabbert to be better. There's an obvious glaring need. (laughs) They need some fans in the stadium. They need Blaine Gabbert to be better. Get Tebow down there for crying out loud. All right, uh, Mike Mayock of the NFL Network, and you guys can agree or disagree. Says the reason, along with Peter King, that uh, this is going to be a hard first round to predict, maybe the most unpredictable ever, is the absence of no doubts franchise quarterbacks. Meaning you can't pencil in great prospects at the top. There's a lack of must-have franchise guys in the top of the draft as well, with big ups, with with a big upper middle class, bigger upper middle class than normal. Meaning star, Le, uh, how do you say this? Lotui, Lotulele, Lotulele, could go sixth or twenty-sixth. He says beauty is in the eye of the beholder, uh, and he also goes into so many new GMs. So when you say best player available, I think this is the point. Everybody's draft board is going to be kind of different. A so different that, so best that, player so, available. So that best player available at your pick. Is going to be different than others, which could lead to trades, could lead to a wild it, first round. It leads to a lot of excitement because there'll be a lot of unexpected twists and, and turns, you know, hopefully. And one other thing that I, I would keep in mind is that because there's going to be, I think, a lot of, because they are all over the place, there's going to be a lot of little tiebreakers. I think need will be a tiebreaker when they've got two guys that are pretty close. But I think one thing to remember, too, is that defensive backs, safeties, and cornerback are very deep in this draft. So I, I can see also teams deferring on those positions a little bit and waiting. All right, real quick, rapid fire before the break. Tavon Austin, top 10 pick or not? Yes or no? No. Uh, Alex? Uh, top 10 talent or top 10 pick? Pick. No. Sean? I say no, but I hope my 49ers can go up and get them. <laughs> if, and I wouldn't care if they went and got them. <laughs> Cowboys at 18. If they're picking right now, who are they taking, Byron? I think they are taking Sylvester Williams, the defensive tackle from UNC. All right. Byron, Cowboys. No, Texans. Give me Texans pick right now as we sit here. Nine days out. Alex? Or Alex. Oh, Alex? Uh, Texans pick. I'm going to say um, I think that they will end up taking DeAndre Hopkins. Wide receiver, Wide receiver, Clemson? Wide receiver, Clemson. I love that. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll do more rapid fire. we got two great guests today, right? We do. We have Cornelius the Tank Caradine, uh, just a dynamic pass rusher from Florida State, uh, coming off of a, a knee injury. He's rehabbing. He's got a, his very own pro day coming up on the 20th. He's a special talent. He'd be a top 10 guy if it weren't for the knee injury. Uh, and then we have one of our favorite prospects we've met this whole offseason, and Dayton Jones, defensive end UCLA, would be a huge help to the Cowboys or the Texans organization. He can play every position on the defensive line. Those coming, it is uh, the Roster Watch guys hanging out on the big show here on The Horn, streaming live at ESPNAustin.com. Colin Coward, the Herd. Boston loves Boston, but there's a lot to love. There's a lot to love. It's an amazing city. Go on those tours, you're seeing real American history. Not just city history, American history. Go sometime. Take your family, take your kids. Mornings at 9. The Horn.
Traffic and weather from YNN. A look at the traffic on the southbound frontage road of I-35 right before the light at Riverside. That wreck still taking on a little bit of a challenge there across the auxiliary bridge over Ladybird Lake. So allow for that if you're exiting Riverside and south on I-35 there at 12th Street. That wreck clearing off the roadway, but traffic still slow coming off the upper and lower deck. Those of you moving northbound on Mopac, that delay is still very heavy from the infield exit ramp as you move north up towards 2222. Southbound delays heavy as you make your way south of Camp Mabry and down to Barton Skyway. I'm Joe Taylor with your wine and traffic. Good Tuesday evening. I'm meteorologist Mary Watson. The first half of the day, we did see plenty of sunshine. The second half, the clouds quickly moved in, but that didn't hurt temperatures. We still warmed up into the mid to upper 80s. As we go through the rest of the evening, temperatures will fall off a little bit. Mainly low 80s can be expected through about 10 o'clock under mostly cloudy skies. And in the rest of the night, expect overcast conditions with a 20% chance of rain and temperatures eventually falling into the upper 60s and low 70s. I'm meteorologist Mary Watson with your YNN weather update. Right now at Crestview RV in Buda in Georgetown, new 2013 26-foot travel trailers, $12,995 plus TTNL. Well-equipped, heating and air conditioning, full kitchen and bath, year-round camping, $12,995. Crestview RV in Georgetown and Buda, online anytime at CrestviewRV.com. Mike Persinger, owner of the Yellow Rose. Great news. Jason Edwards, the man, the myth, the legend, has joined the team at the Yellow Rose. I'm really excited to have you on board, Jason. Well, the Yellow Rose is legendary, and I'm really excited to be part of the team. Well, we're excited to have you. What do you think so far? It's awesome the way the club is always changing and improving. Everyone knows how the remodel looks, but the new 70-inch high-def TVs really tie it all together. Have you tried the food? The 2013 menu is full of tasty new dishes. I really like the kahuna pig stickers and the deviled eggs. And our ladies of the lunchtime. I was really surprised. The day crew at the Rose is exceptional. So give me your best radio voice and tell me about the happy hour. Happy hour, Yellow Rose, 5 to 8, Monday through Friday, with $5 drinks, $3.75 domestics, and half-priced appetizers. Hey, that was pretty good. So I want to invite all my friends to come by the Yellow Rose and say hello. I'm looking forward to all of you coming by. Like we've said for the last 30 years, meet me at the Yellow Rose. You got the hang of it. I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> if you like day drinking, pick up some of Austin's own Deep Eddy Vodka. If you like double fisting, try Deep Eddy Sweet Tea Vodka too. Pick some up at the local watering hole and taste it yourself. But please, day drink responsibly. Volkswagen Global Headquarters in Wolfsburg, Germany, selected a very small elite group of dealers to be the recipients of its highest accolade, the Diamond Pin Award. Hewlett Volkswagen is honored to be named as a Diamond Pin Award recipient. This accolade is so elite, only four dealers in the United States were bestowed this Diamond Pin Award. When selecting your next vehicle, come see the one dealer in all of Texas to be awarded by its manufacturer as the best of the best. Hewlett Volkswagen I-35 at the Westinghouse exit in Georgetown or at HewlettVW.com. A real Wainwright injury lawyer client tells her accident story and the amount she received net to client after attorney fees and litigation expenses. I was walking when a car hit me, causing a herniated disc. All my co-workers told me Wainwright has an outstanding reputation. I was amazed how Wainwright handled the insurance company. After I got Wainwright, nobody dared mess with me. And Wainwright got me $150,899.58. Call Wainwright Injury Lawyers, 888-8888. Austin, San Antonio. This is Chad Hastings with a golf question. When's the last time you played Shadow Glen? Did you maybe play a year ago right after they reopened and haven't been back? Boy, are you missing it. The course is 180 degrees from that now. The tee boxes and fairways are lush and beautiful. The greens are rolling smooth. Even I drain a 15-footer now and again. 
So head on back out there and remember to mention the horn when you book your tee time. You'll get the horn special seven days a week. Online at shadowglengolf.com or call 278-1304. 15 minutes from downtown on 290. Go play my golf course, Shadow Glen. Tales are told about a mighty maple tree. It's been struck by lightning so many times Mother Nature's given up. Every night it charms the stars and the new constellations. And it's dulled the blade of every lumberjack foolish enough to try. When we look for inspiration to craft a new whiskey... We found more than just flavor. We found character. Introducing Crown Royal Maple. Whiskey started. Maple finished. Crown Royal Maple flavored whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2012. The Crown Royal Company. Norwalk, Connecticut. Please drink responsibly. Sean Adams. Aaron Hogan. The Big Show. Presented by Budweiser. Rosterwatch.com, guys, hanging out on a Tuesday as per usual. Byron Lambert's here. Alex Dunlap hanging out. Rosterwatch.com. Sean Adams is here. Tyler Coe's in a bad mood. We called him ER today. As always. Like that. <laughs> I noticed he didn't seem like himself. Yeah, somebody did something in his Wheaties or something today. It's, it's unbelievable. I think it's that he's going on a cruise with a dude next week. That's a guy cruise, I guess, which is cool. You gonna you guys sharing quarters on the cruise? Yeah, that's the way it works out. Okay. Um, so he's eating all this health food because he wants to be ripped and looking good, and I think that helps. You gonna go spray tan? Yeah, come on, come on, Tyler. We're you should go-, go get a spray tan, dude. <laughs> Are you gonna wear a speedo on the cruise? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Tyler can't believe what can of worms just got open. No, but he's been eating worms. Like every time I see him, he's eating this like. He's, he's eating, got kiwi. He's that's got his problem. Just, he's not. He doesn't have any protein in him. He's not. He's not. He's his body's saying, "Dude, give me some food." So now he's mad. You need, all, you need to go all berries, a couple scoops of protein, and ice, and just throw down smoothies all day. That's man. the John Jenkins diet. Yep. John Jenkins out of jo- what? Lost Georgia. forty pounds yeah. in three months so far on that. Yeah. All right, the draft begins a week from Thursday. First round action. You'll hear it live here on the Horn next Thursday night, and then we'll have coverage all weekend long. Second and third round action on Friday and into the weekend. Uh, and a couple of guests, guys, who their guests that's joining us right now on the Bob Steak and Chop House Hotline could be. An early pick next Thursday, a first-round draft pick. Introduce us to our guest. Well, absolutely. Uh, football fans, we are so happy to have on Cornelius Carradine. He is the defensive end out of Florida State. Uh, almost would have uh, certainly been a top-ten pick in this draft. He did have a knee injury uh, back in November, which he's been rehabbing uh, with Adrian Peterson's trainer, getting ready for his own personal pro day that's coming up here on April the 20th, where he's going to show teams that he's ready and he's recovered. Uh, Cornelius, welcome to the show. How are you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, we're, we're, we are doing great. So the last time we saw you, we were in Indianapolis, and uh, you told us that you'd gotten over the mental hurdle of the knee injury and that your main focus right now was to gain weight and gain some strength. Uh, so you could uh, be ready for the for the pro day. So if you could tell us, you know, have you put on some weight? You know, have you put on some muscle? Uh, what what have you been doing? You know, between the combine and now, and how many teams are you aware of that are going to be at the pro day? Oh, I'm aware of like 20 teams to be there. I actually like at the combine. I actually like put on weight. I weighed in at um, 276 at the combine, and now I'm wearing 275. That's what I'm gonna work out at. But I, I feel I feel great about my weight at first because um, after the injury starting in January, I had like lost a lot of weight, I had dropped to like 250 pounds, so I had about two months to gain all the weight back, which I did. Uh, so I actually came back in like a good weight, 
but not as how I wanted to be as ripped and more muscles. But um, I was excited about it. I feel like um, now I tried to drop a little, but uh, I wasn't successful in that dropping weight. So I'm gonna run at two seventy five, and um, also feel good about it. Cornelius Caradine with us, Florida State would have been a top ten pick if not for the injury. In most people's opinions, uh, Cornelius, where'd you get the name Tank? Where did the the name? Everybody calls you Tank. Where'd that come from? Um, my mom gave it to me when I was a kid. She says I was a um, very aggressive kid, and I was like biggest <laughs> out all kids in my class. And I used to just run over kids and run over people. I always just try to push people over and try to walk over them. So that's how I got the name Tank. Tank Caradine, I like it a lot. Uh, tell us about the injury. I mean, I, I remember. I, mean, I think college football fans remember what a force you were, disruptive on uh, that defensive line for Jimbo Fisher. Uh, your teammate John Warner on the other side. You guys were just devastating. The injury and uh, how mentally you've you've dealt with that, and now getting ready for your pro day on the twentieth. Uh, it was very tough at the time, you know, coming to the injury because when I first got hurt, I had not ever got hurt before. So once they told me to tear ACL, I was like. I didn't really know how I would feel and what would it feel like getting hurt because I have not ever got hurt before. I mean, it was a long process, you know, once I thought I had the surgery, you know, going through the process, getting my legs back strong and um, rehabbing and strengthening my knee and being able to bend it straight back and forth. Um, I got over it within like a um, two to three weeks, maybe a month or so when I was able to walk again and I started feeling normal where there was no pain. But um, the, the toughness was that... um. As I go every day, I rehab five days a week, um, twice a day. I had to go through that process of all the rehab, you know. I really, I didn't really like it as much, but I knew it would help me get back faster. I knew it would help me prepare for the workout. So I was able to do that. And um, leading up to this workout day, I worked very hard to get back. I'm like four and a half months out going into this workout. Uh, I'm excited about it. It was a long process, but um, I was able to do it. I was able to get through it. And um, I'm definitely going to be able to show teams what I can do and um I definitely let people know that I will be back and ready for this workout. Yeah, and and we're gonna be looking we're gonna be looking forward to hearing hearing those reports, Tank, and we know you're gonna do great. I I I have a quick question. You you are you know you're not too far off of the surgery. You're only probably you know five five months out of it. Um, are are you gonna be partaking in all of the uh, all of the drills? Or are you gonna be doing? I mean, are are you able to cut and change direction and, and do those things yet? Or are you just you just running the forty and everything? Now, I'm going to run 240s. I'm going to actually do defensive line drills, such as um, D-line drills. I'm also going to do linebacker drills as well. My workout is going to hold about 12, dri- 12 drills. It's going to take between 25 minutes to 30 minutes as a workout, which is kind of pretty long just for a workout. And um, I'm, I'm going to do a lot of different things in the drills to show teams that I can move. Um, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm about eighty five percent, but I look like I'm a hundred as of like how I move, you know. <laughs> but um I'm gonna be even better about um as I like go through the process of like healing and my leg healing. So when I'm like six to eight months out, it's gonna be how I move will be totally different. But um it's just the process of going through I am able to do these things. I did get cleared by the doctor to do these workouts and everything. I'm about like eighty five percent cut and not a hundred percent. But um I'm definitely excited about it. Tank Caradine with us here on the big show. He will be driving most likely next Thursday, first round. I've seen you anywhere, Tank, from 15 to 32. I saw a mock draft with the Ravens all the way at the back end. What would you say to teams if they called today and say, why should we take you in the first round, Tank? 
I used to tell him, I tell him I'm, I'm the best DN in this year's drive. You know, I'm a guy that's consistent, a guy that can play both sides of the ball, and also can stand up as well. You know, when you go back and watch a film, and you can probably, guys, you see I was a guy that's consistent. I constantly made plays. I constantly did disruptive being in the backfield. I was the guy that, okay, we, the team, we have to prepare for this guy right here. This guy is going to be disruptive, so we have to find a way to stop him. The, every team we played, it was like it had to have a game plan for our games. With me and Bjorn one both on the other side. So the guy that's disruptive like that, you know, they know if they give me, they go get one of the best pass rushers in this year's draft, and also one of the best run stoppers. So that's why I think they should draft me in the first round. And then Tank, we, before we get out of here, we got to since you are on on the radio right here in the heart of Texas, we have to ask you. It's, it's an obligatory question. Uh, have you spent much time speaking with the Cowboys or the Texans? Uh, and if not, which teams have you spoken with the most? Uh, I didn't. I didn't speak with the Cowboy or the Texans. Um, I don't really know how that process would go. Um, I don't really know if they are interested. Interested. Um, I also heard things. You know that they would, but um, you never know. You know, like on draft day, you never know who's going to call you. It could be teams that haven't talked to you at all. Tank, we appreciate it, man. We're rooting for you. We'll be listening for your name next Thursday, and uh, we'll keep in touch once the draft comes and goes. Let us know how the workout goes. Right, you repeat we, that? I, I said we're rooting for you. Uh, good luck with the workout. Let us know how it goes, and we'll be listening for your name on uh, a week from Thursday. Okay. Um, there, there are teams that actually um, they don't want me to say that um, I even visit them or I even talk to them at all, so I'm not kind of like keep that as a secret right now. Just because. Nope. Um, oh, that's cool. I don't no. want to make smart their man, smart man, Everyone business decisions. So hey, we appreciate you see it. A draft day come. Thanks, Tank. Totally get it. Appreciate it. Okay. All right, man. Good luck. That's cool. That's a guy that keep it uh, quiet. Hey, he's hey he's doing business. Hey, if the Cowboys Love took it. him at eighteen, would that be a, a bit of a steal? Like, again, I, he, well, John, he, you remember this guy before he got hurt at Florida State? He oh, was yeah. a beast, a mess. He's an abs- he's absolutely a four three defensive end, and they could really use him. And I'll tell you what, I'd get Sp- Anthony Spencer would be on one year and out, and I'd be paying the rookie a lot less. And, yeah. and you got to remember, he says he hasn't had any visits, and that's because these teams have a limited number of visits. They're not going to spend one on a kid that c- comes in that they can't work out completely and fully. So that's not indicative of the level of interest that teams have in this. Four and a half months from a major knee injury. He's been working out with Adrian Peterson's rehab doctor, and he's going to work out. He says about 80 85% for the workout on the 20th. All right, coming back, we will uh, continue the draft talk with the guys from rosterwatch.com and another great guest from UCLA. We're, we're we're hoping to get Dayton Jones on here in in a in a minute in the next segment. Uh, he was texting with me earlier, uh, saying he was trying to make some time for us. So let's see if we can grab it. Right, cool. If not, we'll dive back into the uh, draft preparations. Uh, who's rising? Who's falling? Rosterwatch.com guys are in here on the big show, streaming live at ESPNAustin.com. It's the Horn. The game with Chad Hastings and J.D. Lewis. He had to beat him. Yes. I mean, Angel handed him nothing. He was not going to beat himself. There's not a better way to end a Masters weekend than with a two-hole playoff where you have a new guy winning the way that Adam Scott did. Weekdays noon till the big show. The Horn. Talking about education, talking about enhancing yours, talk to the Baylor EMBA, and I encourage you to go uh, right at the beginning of Toll Road and, and Mopac and check out the Baylor EMBA's facilities there. Uh, the classrooms there, and I encourage you to get to know the people at Baylor EMBA because you will get to know what I already know, that there are a lot of smart folks there, that there are a lot of great managers that are already in the courses that you get the best practice from. Uh, they bring real work-life 
issues to the table and you get to solve them collectively as a class. You get to talk, you get to implement, and you get to troubleshoot right there in your courses while you're getting a great education uh, that goes along with the Baylor EMBA. Go to Google, type in Baylor EMBA and get the information so you can make the best decision about your future. Open up and say, ah, introducing the new Beetle Convertible, bolder and more exciting inside and out. This is one grand opening you won't want to miss. Have fun and make it all your own with color choices like Reef Blue, Yellow Rush, Reflex Silver, Tornado Red, or Candy White. Visit Hewlett Volkswagen and experience the all-new redesigned Beetle Convertible and all of the new 2013 Volkswagen lineup of our award-winning vehicles. Come in and see why you should buy from the one dealer in all of Texas to be awarded by its manufacturer as the best of the best. Volkswagen Global Headquarters in Wolfsburg, Germany, selected a very small elite group of dealers to be recipients of its highest accolade, the Diamond Pin Award. Hewlett Volkswagen is honored to be named as a Diamond Pin Award recipient. This accolade is so elite, only four dealers in the United States were bestowed this Diamond Pin Award. Visit Hewlett for the all-new 2013 Volkswagen lineup of our award-winning vehicles and buy from the one dealer in all of Texas to be awarded by its manufacturer as the best of the best. Hewlett Volkswagen I-35 at the Westinghouse exit in Georgetown or at HewlettVW.com. Good evening, I'm Nick Schwartz, and these are your Horn headlines from the Ticket City Update Desk. The Spurs signed former All-Star Tracy McGrady for their playoff run. The 33-year-old McGrady played this season in the Chinese Basketball Association, averaging 25 points a game on 56% shooting. He gives the Spurs some athleticism scoring and is still an effective passer. San Antonio will be the number two seed in the Western Conference playoffs. Meanwhile, the Rockets can end up in one of several scenarios for the playoffs. Should Houston win tomorrow against the Lakers and the Warriors lose, the Rockets would be the sixth seed. If Houston wins and the Warriors win, they are the seventh seed. If Houston loses, then they drop to the eighth seed. Playoffs begin this Saturday. The Longhorn baseball team beginning a five-game homestand as they face Texas Pan American tonight. That game's already underway. You can catch it on the Longhorn Network. The Astros continue their series in Oakland. First pitches at 9.05. The Rangers open a three-game series in Chicago against the Cubs. Derek Holland gets the start. Pre-game coverage just getting underway on AM 1260. And the Round Rock Express open a four-game series in Oklahoma City against the Red Hawks. Pre-game begins at 6.50 on 104.9. For the Horn, I'm Nick Schwartz. Text us through the MyPlates.com text line at 337-ESPN. MyPlates.com, where your Houston Texans license plate is waiting. The Horn, 104.9 and AM 1260 ESPN Austin. Aaron Hogan, The Big Show, presented by Budweiser. It's The Big Show. We're streaming live at ESPNAustin.com. And, of course, our guys from Roster Watch are here hanging out, talking some NFL football. Look, it's weird when you talk about the NFL draft because uh, ESPN, way back in the day, looking for programming, was just like, how about if we, t- how about if we film the draft? And everybody was like, that's stupid. You can't show the draft. And every year, I look forward to it. I sit there, and I'm sitting there for the whole first hour, and I always remember after an hour. I've been sitting there for an hour, and they've only made four picks. Yeah. The, love every but you love it. The man behind it, it is 15 the, minutes yeah, between picks. It, and the, man, the man behind the man that no one will ever give credit to is, is Jim Steig, the old VP of operations for the Chargers that was uh, in charge of the – uh, the Super Bowl committee and created the NFL, the NFL draft committee, and just 
you know, turn both of those events into, I mean, obviously turn the Super Bowl into an international holiday as an event, but just turn the NFL draft into the spectacle that it is. Too. Now, my big question that I have a hard time deciding is, do I like the new format better with the Thursday night primetime first round, or did I just love waking up early on a Saturday morning and not moving for and getting like the whole eight, day of action. eight hours oh, hardcore <laughs> and doing <laughs> that two days in a row? You know, uh, my wedding anniversary is April 26th, okay, so, and it, the draft is typically the third weekend of April. Right. Um, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I mean, really. I mean, I. I same thing. The, the the 15 minute between picks it used to last. The first round would last like six hours. I'd be there for the whole thing. Uh, as a hardcore guy, I like the old school way. But I see where the NFL is going because they've streamlined it. It's prime time. You got it coming up next Thursday. Um, so I, I see where they where they've gone with this thing. But I'm looking at this draft, guys. And by the way, I, I can't imagine why anybody never thought it would work because you were, you're combining the two passions of this country, college and pro football. The, the college fans want to see where their favorite guys are going. The Aggies want to see where Luke Jokel and these guys, Demontre Moore, Longhorns are going to tune in to see Kenny Vaccaro when he goes off the board. And if you're an NFL fan, obviously, it's the confluence of the two most popular sports in this country, pro and college football. Depending on what sitting you're in, this is a college town, so it's for a college uh, but you have the Cowboys. It, it's it's a it's a home run, and people tune in to see, and the drama is going to be there. But as we said off the top of the hour, we've been following this a long time. This is as confusing a year as I can remember. It's really hard. We are a week out Thursday, and you're not sure what Kansas City's doing at one. You have no idea what Jacksonville's doing at two. You have very little thought on what Oakland's doing at three. I mean, I mean last year we they were starting to do. Pick. They're on negotiating contracts already. Yeah, with for the Luck first and pick. Griffin. I mean, it was done, and and that was a weird year too. But this one, all the way through the first round, you're just like, I don't know. Well, I think what you can, <clears throat> you don't know exactly what the names are going to be to which teams, but I think the one thing you can mark down is there's probably going to be five offensive tackles, something about like that in the first round. You know, uh, By the time you get all the way to the end, you know, when you're including the right tackles like Fluker, et cetera. And then, DJ Fluker, And then Alabama. you're looking at, I think, at at least – 10 defensive linemen in the first round, and it really could be 15. So it's going to be heavy on the trenches, which is where the game's won, so I like to see that. Meat and potatoes draft. I'll say this, too. There are going to be offensive tackles that some team, and it could very well be be our Houston Texans, that some team, most people will, will think is a is a reach. There's going to be somebody who has a probably third or fourth. There has to be. So one of these guys with a third or a fourth round current grade will be going in the first round just because there are too many tackle needy teams. We've seen it and we've seen it and we've seen it. When the supply dwindles, people freak out. People are going to jump up. They're going to go after their guy regardless of whether or not it's a reach just because of positional well, and scarcity. That, and that's part of the reason. I just I have a hard time. As much as I know Texans fans would like it, I have a hard time thinking the Texans would go wide receiver in the first round. I think ultimately they're going to acquiesce to either that need or do what they do typically organizationally and kind of you know draft in the trenches, uh, build meat and potatoes, like you said. If you're looking at the Cowboys at 18, I'm seeing fewer and fewer mock drafts that have either Chance Warmack, the guard out of Alabama, and John Cooper, or Joe Cooper, the kid out of North Carolina, the guard, sliding to them at 18. I think most... Most Cowboy fans I talk to and bump into, they want one of those meat and potatoes guards. One of the, You'd love to have both of those guys. Warmack looks like a guy that can go to Pro Bowls for a decade on the interior line next to Tyron Smith. They need that. Cooper as well. Yep. Uh, so if you're the Cowboys, do you go defensive line there? Do you go if, if one of those guys is there, I think you jump at them. If they're not, what are the Cowboys doing? Well, I mean, 
there's no way to, to ensure this, but I, I really think the best plan is there's a guy, Larry Warford. He's an absolute hog that can be had in the second round, and he's tremendous in the power running game. I cannot imagine seeing DeMarco Murray running behind him. What's his name? Tyrone Smith. Larry, Larry Warford. Warford from Kentucky. I mean, this guy is a hog, and he is nasty. And One he's of the most impressive grader. players at the senior Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, really the best plan, and he's projected to go somewhere second round. So your Cowboys in the middle of second round, you're feeling like, all right, we got a good shot at getting him in the second. It's me, I'm going defensive line, no questions asked in the first round. No questions asked. Is there any, as we sit here today, you mentioned five tackles, and that would be Luke Jokel out of A&M, that'd be... Um, Fisher, yeah, Eric Fisher, Lane Johnson, then you have Lane Johnson. Then you have a little bit of a fall to uh, DJ Fluker. Then after that, people start talking about the Teron Armstead, the Combine superstar. Well, Lance Erline swears Menelik Watson's going to be a first round. Menelik Watson uh, from Florida which State, which would be, which would be, which would be a, a horrible, horrible mistake. Uh, well, and the I, guy we think, so you guys don't think he is that good. Mel- Melanie, well, Alex has watched m- way more uh, film on offensive tackles than I. What what I understand from my colleagues is that, you know, he's he's high potential, you know, high ceiling, low floor guy. But he's kind of a developmental guy. But I'll let Alex speak more to, to Watson. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think that a lot of teams will see a project. But I think if you're going to be looking into a project, I think, you know, I think that there are other guys that possess, you know, the, the same length that I feel like just have a better natural football motor. And there's something to be said for somebody who just who, who is a body mover and and. You know, I, I think that I'm not really sure that that can be taught, and I'm not really sure that, you know, your ability not to do that can ever be attributed to simply being raw. And I just don't see it out of well, and, and And the guy that we actually love, and I think he is in play as a first-round pick surprise to the Houston Texans, is when we went to the Senior Bowl, uh, this guy came in as a guard. But the minute I saw the quickness of his feet and his size and stature, I know he's a right tackle. And this is Kyle Long, Howie Long's son. Uh, and he is tremendous on the offensive line, and he is an ideal fit with his athletic build. He's a former pitcher. He's an ideal fit as a right tackle in the zone blocking scheme, which Texans, is exactly yeah. what the Houston Texans need. And, and he's it, got the pedigree. Oh, and he's he's got the he's he's got the pedigree. He's got the bloodlines. He would have Houston Texans written all over him with his personality from being down there, from being around the building. We know what kind of guys that that they like. He's one of these guys that. Locker room guy, they would love him there. Well, here's how crazy this draft is this first round. And I agree with you. I'd love to see that kid. They need a more athletic line that can get out in front of Adrian or Arian Foster and those screen passes they love to run. Um, but you, the, the the kid out of Utah, Star Latulalele, right? Did yeah. I get it close? Yep. I've seen him every because now he's been given the clean bill of health apparently from his heart ailment, and I still see some people saying Kansas City would look at him with the number one pick because he's that dominant. He's you know he. He's got the, the 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 great first step, the quickness, and Dominican Sue kind of looking guy off the gr- off the ground. Where, I mean, is that, that's and, and then you see him at the back end of the first round too in some mock drafts Ro- because of the Ros- roster watch loves him. Alex and I have slightly varying opinions on him, so I'll turn that one over well, to Alex. I'll just say this: I feel like he's the best defensive player in the entire draft, and to me, it's you know, it's not really, it's not even really that close. You know, I think a lot of these guys, you're 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 basing your projections on upside you're not basing it on on what your eyeballs have seen the only you know complaint that people have about star is that sometimes he might have slowed down a little bit through games which is nothing new to 320 pound men who are playing <laughs> football and, and and 
in pass. It's called tired. And and when he played nine, <laughs> he played over ninety five percent of the defense's snaps. He played in every sub package. He's three twenty. Every and every, he's going to do that at Utah. He may he wouldn't have had to do that in every package at Alabama, but he did it at Utah. But. On on the other side of the coin, there's some things that Byron has seen with Star. Well, and I think you can very you could attribute it to the number of snaps that he plays and the fact that he's the best player on the defense. He gets all the focus. He's getting double and triple team. But there, in my opinion, for a defensive tackle, I don't care if it's a passing league. His number one priority is to hold his ground, stop the run, take up blockers, and he does that. But there's too many times where he's not in the picture on a big run play, and that bothers me. That said, I do think he's a top you know, 10, 15 talent. He's, ex- he's explosive. He's violent. I think when he's getting one-on-one matchups, he's going to be you know, really good in that situation. I think you can chalk up like you're getting maybe 85% of a, uh, of a Nada or a Sue. Which is unbelievable, and his hands are incredibly dirty and just violent. And he's, he, dirty hands, but, yeah, John. Yeah, he just blasts Dirty off. hands. Hey, and do you know, and, and, you know another thing is? Even though he's in that game the, the the whole time, what I love most about him is he starts out every p- play functionally, properly. Every play, his stance is perfect. He has just the right amount of weight, like on his on his on his r- right arm. His his back is completely flat. A lot of these guys when they when they're gonna get the fat boy disease and, and the on off switch disease that's fat so that's so rampant in these defensive tackles, you, you a telltale sign is through games their stance gets sloppy. Not his. It's rigid all hey, game long. Sean, I saw him against your USC Trojans. Yes, you and did. That dude, the center was scared. He was a oh, that's mess the one where he in that snatched game. the ball from the center. <laughs> he on took the ball away. That guy made a lot of money on that game alone, and this is against USC talent. That it's an all American center and Matt Barkley and they were all man they didn't know what to do with the kid uh that guy's gonna make a make for a really good team uh Luke Jokel out of A&M is the the, the guest for John Gruden tonight on his quarterback school show uh Jokel's gonna make somebody very happy uh, as a player so the well, best they're, they're he, saying he more and more likely to maybe you know get to maybe the Lions at five well which fit, would be their that's dream. gonna be you know the, a the, Fisher the, the tackle spots are probably Kansas City especially if they trade Brandon Albert and they're trying to recoup that Alex Smith traded second round pick uh brandon albert is their franchise player they'd like to get a high second they said but so jokel or eric fisher there detroit's going to take a tackle aren't they i mean i i don't see any way that they they detroit's got they the fifth not pick. take a tackle they have to take a tackle the franchise is matt stafford he's already had two serious shoulder injuries i mean jeff backus is 700 it. did he retire yeah. yet yeah. jeff backus retired he's an indianapolis colt now they they need help desperately at offensive tackle Okay. When is where's Kenny Vaccaro going? He could go anywhere from number nine to number sixteen. Not to the Cowboys. I don't think we'll he'll make, make it, it that far. Cowboys. By the way, the Cowboys don't need to take another secondary player, even though he's a Longhorn and they need a safety. How many times can they invest big money into a corner, or, a safety, a corner, a safety that's been over and over and over? And Start said, investing in the meat and potatoes. We said it earlier. Safety is very deep in this in this class, so that could that could make Vaccaro slide a little bit. You know, the flip side of it is he's he's definitely the best one, so you know that plays to him. You know, some, but I don't think the Cowboys take a safety in the first round. All right, guys, thanks. Check out rosterwatch.com. Thanks to Tank Caradine out of Florida State. Florida State's going to have three or four first round draft picks in this draft. Sean, thank you, my friend. You ready to go tomorrow? I am ready to go tomorrow. I'm telling you, you talk about Florida State going in the draft. Yeah. Four or five. The draft tells a story. Texas will have some drafted players going forward. Tyler, we'll see you in a better mood tomorrow. Round Rock Express Baseball next.